This is Unrefined, the podcast where ordinary people share their extraordinary stories. Hi there, story lovers. I'm Shannon. And I'm Camille, and welcome to another episode of Unrefined. Today, we have a very special episode for you that's all about moms. That's right. In honor of Mother's Day, we are sharing some of our favorite stories about our moms. But before we get into those stories, we're going to tell you a little bit about our moms. Camille, do you want to get us started? Of course. Of course. Um, My mom is, I mean, most people think their mom's the greatest, but Shannon, my my mom is the greatest. So don't up, uh, y'all. She's already cutting her eyes at me. We, we're gonna have a we're gonna have words over this one. Yeah, I think. we yeah we will. <laughs> so my mom, Diane Zonfrilli Loman, was born in Federal Hill in Providence, Rhode Island, which is back in the day was kind of a notorious mafia little Italy of. Providence, Rhode Island. And her dad was a first-generation American, Dante Zonfrilli. His dad, Salvatore, um, and Inez was his wife, my great-grandparents. But they came to the U.S., and so my mom is a second-generation American, and she has lots of stories about living in a a tenement building, actually, in Rhode Island, or um, some memories about that. But she mainly grew up in Maryland, where she met my dad. She is the epitome of what I consider a self-made woman. She started working at nine years old, um, not of her own free will, but um, she started working at nine and has retired just recently for the third time. And now she's gone back to keep (laughs) consulting. So I don't even really consider her retired again, but she is, her smile lights up a room. She is the sweetest, kindest, warmest, gentlest person that I've ever come in contact with. And she's had a very difficult life and she has lived it with humility and grace and grit as well. She didn't graduate from college. My sister was actually the first on on my mom's side of the family to graduate from college. And she just worked and worked and worked until she became one of the highest people in several different international logistic companies. So she's just a badass, basically. Um, And when you meet her, you would would never, the word badass doesn't come to mind when you meet her. You you think, oh, she's so sweet and cute and quiet. And in her quiet grace is is some serious determination and strength. And I still try every day to learn learn from her. She loves to pull weeds. She she loves it. She'll do it for hours. (laughs) She is an amazing cook. And she loves to spend time with her grandchildren. And she's she's probably my, my very best friend in the whole world. And I think she's just, she's an amazing woman. So yeah, that's my mom. I love your mom. I spent so much time at your house when we were younger. Oh my God, yeah. For sure you're part of the family, no matter how much time has passed. I definitely went to the beach with you guys a couple times. So Yes, was- we did. We <laughs> did go to the beach until we used to tell everyone we were twin sisters named like Samantha and Amanda or something like there was always a Samantha. It's. I think that you always wanted to be Why? Samantha. It was probably from like Who's the Boss or something. Samantha. Oh. It was probably something like that's that. That's true. But yes. Yeah, so you know her very well and her cooking. And yeah, she also has a tattoo. I don't know if you know that, Shannon. 
Diane. She got she got a, a Scorpio Italian flag color thing. <laughs> she is a badass. She is a badass. Is your mom a Scorpio? She is, like you. I don't know that I realized that or I'd forgotten it. Scorpio power. I love it. Scorpio power. We are complex and uh, interesting. Yeah, you are. Sign. Yeah, you are. I think. So my mom's name is Teresa. 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 She's from Atlanta, Georgia. She too is just a really nice lady with some sassy undertones that you don't get to see until you really get to know her. She too has this nice girl rep that she probably resents a little bit. Kind of like Mm, I do. Kind of like you, Shannon. And when I was growing up, she worked at the college library and my sisters and I spent a ton of time there. So between our parents reading to us trips to the public library and easy access to the college library, it's pretty easy to see where my love of stories comes from. And when I was in high school, my mom went back to school to get a graduate degree in library science. So that was just kind of one of those... I don't know, inspiring little things your mom does when you're a teenager and you don't recognize it at the time, but as you get older, you you really, you really do. Yeah. Um, and somehow she ended up with three daughters with graduate degrees, so go figure. My mom's also very crafty. She knits <laughs> and she makes these beautiful homemade cards, greeting cards, and I have a box full of them that I can't throw away because they're so personalized and unique. Um, I didn't know that about your mom. Uh, she didn't start doing that until I think they were empty nesters. Yeah. But now I have a ton of cards and I, I am very sentimental and can't throw things away. So same. Yeah. Same. So that's my mom. And she's so lovely. She is lovely. You know, it's been a rough year for a lot of people and You know, I think we're all just really excited to spend time with one another again. And I am so ready to give my mom a hug. I'm going to go see her this weekend. So that'll be so wonderful. I know. I, uh, yeah, you know, you know, I like to cuddle. My mom and I are big cuddle bugs. So, but yeah, moms are great. Well, so should we, should we get into some uh, behind the scenes of our, of our moms? Yeah, let's do it. So, Camille, you know how one of my middle school stories was titled That Time I Got in Trouble? Well, this is the time that my mom got in trouble. And I'm (laughs) I'm not I'm telling you this story not because I want to tarnish her reputation, but to honor her inner badass rule breaker, even if it was very unintentional. So my dad wrote up the details of this story, and I've adapted it a little bit for the podcast, but I might post the full story he wrote in the show notes. But he titled it, My Mother, the Scoff Law. Do you know what a scoff law is? No, I just know that when you scoff, it's like, (gasps) they scoffed. Is that... I've got to believe the two are related somehow, but a scoff law, and I just learned this through this story, actually, is a person who openly flouts the laws of society. And my mom is a scoff law because she failed to appear at a court date with a judge. 
And apparently many scofflaws go on to become felons, but that's not the case <laughs> with my mom. That, this is fascinating. I think all of her crafting and knitting have kept her on the straight and narrow. But this whole debacle really started when my parents moved from one side of our small town to the other. And we're talking about a two-mile move. Mm -hmm. Even when you're moving just two miles, you still have to change your address on everything and in a number of different places and notify the post office. And it's really annoying, but important. And my mom handled all of it, or so she thought. But a few months after they moved, she was pulled over for having expired tags on her car, and she got a ticket. Not great, but it wasn't the end of the world. And sometimes those things just get overlooked in the midst of a move. So my parents just got a money order to pay the ticket, dropped it in the mail, no big deal. So fast forward six months, my mom and my sister were at the at the DMV, or in Indiana, we call it the BMV, to renew my mom's the license. The BMV? It's a bureau instead of a department. Okay, fancy. So basic DMV business, and the lady behind the counter was pulling up her information on the computer, and she frowned, and that's never a good sign at the DMV, and she gave my mom some side eye, like- Did she scoff at her? She might have. She was trying to reconcile. I guess what she was looking at with who she was looking at. And she went on to tell my mom that her driver's license had been suspended for a while. <laughs> and I can only imagine how shocked my mom was. <laughs> She's a total rule follower like me. <laughs> and I kind of equate it to that whole getting in trouble for those rainbow striped short shorts and how I felt in that moment. But the DMV lady leans across the counter and whispers to her that she is supposed to inform the police officer across the <gasps> hall about her suspended license, but she's not going to do that if she promises to let my sister drive them home. So that's what they do. But when they get home, they have to tell my dad what's going uh, on. Uh-oh, and John. <laughs> and he wasn't real happy about that. And I mean, he wasn't mad at my mom or anything, but the whole situation situation was unsettling. So he called the DMV to figure out what was going on and why her license was suspended. And it turns out that it was suspended because of a failure to appear in court or pay a fine. What? So what he's what he found out, yeah, was that they had never received that money order for the ticket six months earlier. A court date was issued and they missed it. And as a result, a warrant was issued for Teresa's arrest. Oh my God. And this is what, this is not that long ago then. It was like late yeah. 90s. Oh my God. That is hilarious. Yeah. So she has a warrant issued for her arrest. It's not the kind where they kick in your door, but it's the kind where if they pull you over or come across you in some other way, they cuff you, they arrest you, and they do the mugshot and the whole fingerprint put you in jail. Could you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine that happening? Could you know everybody sees everything in that town and everybody knows everything? I cannot imagine. It would have been in the newspaper, you know? <laughs> My God. So they learn that the root of the whole problem is that the mail from the DMV and the court was going to their old address. And for some privacy reasons, that type of mail can't be forwarded by the post office, which is dumb. It's so dumb. So they just weren't getting these notices of court appearances what or about anything. about the people that lived in the y'all's old house? I have no idea. I don't know if they got it and just threw it Ooh, away. That's a federal It's crime. a small town. So you got to think that, or they, maybe they did a return to sender. Mm -hmm. I have no idea. But at this point, there's a warrant for my mom's arrest oh my um, and they've got a new bigger fine to pay. 
and it's crazy. So my mom's a wanted woman and to make it all go away, they have to go to court. So they get a new court date set and I'm assuming that the warrant isn't still active, but I do not know. But in the meantime, my dad had to drive my mom everywhere, which he doesn't love shopping or driving all that much. And he says that during this time, my mom, this is pretty cute. She had this this heightened sixth sense for spotting the police <laughs> and would like <laughs> shrink down in the car seat when she saw them. And she would like peek through the curtains at the oh house my to see God. if the police she, were watching. She was a fella. She was like a wanted woman. She was. She was definitely on their list. And, you know, my dad, he likes to reason with people and he likes to believe that people can be reasoned with and that sometimes the bureaucracy that exists can be penetrated by reason, which oftentimes it can't. But he was getting really sick of driving my mom around and their court date was three months Mm. out. So he's like, I am tired of this. I got to figure out a solution. So he tries calling the courthouse to speak with the judge, but he can't get past the gatekeeper. The judge's 78-year-old secretary who has served the court for 45 years. Oh, my goodness. And my dad calls her an institution within an institution, which I love. But uh, anyway, he tells the secretary, Miss Bailey, the whole story. And she's very sympathetic, but she says that he still can't get in to see the judge before the court date. So he drops it and they have no choice other than to wait for this court date. Until they discover the receipt for the missing bunny order. My mom found it in the bottom of her purse. So now they had evidence, at least, of attempting to pay that fine. Right. So my dad called Miss Bailey back and she was happy to schedule a meeting with the judge the next day. And on such short notice, my mom couldn't get out of work. And so my dad went instead. And... I guess after having spoken with Miss Bailey a couple of times, my dad kind of got the sense of who was really running the show over there. So he stopped and picked up a bouquet of roses on his way to the courthouse. The way he tells it, as he's making his way through the courthouse, you know, through the metal detector, down the hall, up the elevator, several people ask him who the roses are for, and he tells them they are for Miss Bailey. And he gets a ton of positive reinforcement on that call, which is cute, I think. And Miss Bailey is touched, and she is very thankful and gracious when she receives Because she got flowers. Because she got flowers. He was just buttering her up, old style. Yeah, absolutely he was and when the judge came out of his office he noticed the flowers too and he asked my dad he was like did you bring those and my dad was like yeah and he's like yeah good call (laughs) (laughs) so my dad says that when he entered the judge's chambers he sat in a seat across the table from the judge in a noticeably lower chair so which is just a total power move on the judge's part And my dad tells the whole story. And when he is done, the judge asked him how my mom had been getting around for the last two months. And my dad told him that he'd been driving her. And I'm pretty sure he probably was like, I've been driving her. I roll, you know. And the judge says, hell, that's payment enough. And the problem was solved. Now, first of all, I know payment enough that the that he had to drive not her she wasn't penalized he he was penalized that's right the bro network really kicked in it did yeah it did it's probably a good thing that my dad is the one that actually had to go to that meeting because bro status you know i wonder if your mom was like hey john 
You seem to be treating Miss Bailey quite nice. Do you think maybe you could throw some of that sugar my way? Buy me some flowers? I'm sure that uh, that suggestion was probably made. And I bet it was fulfilled. My dad likes to do those little things every once in a while. You yeah, know, that's where, sweet. Yeah, just like the surprise. But that is that is the story of my mom who had a, a warrant issued for her arrest for oh being... A social deviant. Teresa is, I I scoff at her actions. And um, just something this interesting, because I know how to Google. In 1924, a wealthy Massachusetts prohibitionist named Del Clevere, or Del Del Savre, anyway, Del Del Savre King... (laughs) sponsored a contest in which he asked participants to coin an appropriate word to mean a lawless drinker. King sought a word that would cast violators of prohibition laws in a light of shame. Oh, my. So that's where it started. So I guess it is, you know, scoffing at the law. Scoffing at the law. And you won $200 in gold. If you won the contest and the, the contest was golf law was what it ended up was the, what they came up with. Yeah. Huh. That, that you were called. So from here on out, Teresa Inman is a scoff law to me. Hey, what are you drinking tonight? I've got a tasty budget red that I picked up at my favorite little grocery store. How about you? Yeah, I'm drinking something similar. Can I read you something that's a little provocative? Yeah, bring it. Opulent, big, bold, and a candidate to stand proudly alongside Napa's finest cold wines. Iridium shows dark, rich chocolate. Caramel, toffee, and blackberries laced with oak spice. White pepper and black cherry. Firm. Well-integrated tannins and a solid acid backbone give way to a richly decadent mouthfeel with lingering notes of mocha, cassis, and classic Cabernet notes of graphite. This is a family company, and we can't use all the silky, sexy, libidinous words that come to mind drinking this, but rest assured... It is a rich, round, plush, hedonistic powerhouse that you might imagine, oh yes, tons of dark fruit, mocha, lavishly spiced and hyper-luxurious Cabernet, and a very modern style. Oh, last bottled wine porn. I wonder how you get the job writing those wine descriptions. I don't know how you get that job, but sign me up. This was today's last bottle wine, Iridium 2016, a sterling cab. It retails for $175, but last bottle was selling it for $95. Still way outside my wine budget, but that's a huge discount. Yeah, that is a huge discount. And I'm sure I know some people who could swing it and maybe invite me over to help them drink it. Ooh, I love that idea. You know, if our audience uses the last bottle link in the show notes to set up an account, they get a $10 credit. Oh, I'm aware. (laughs) I know we get a credit too when they make their first purchase. It would be really nice to up my wine game a bit. Agreed. All right, listeners, check the show notes for the last bottle link and get to work upping your wine game 
and ours. You know, Shannon, I'm so glad that your story about your mama was regarding time and, and behind bars or the Ooh, the potential. fear of it. Yeah. Yeah. And not even meaning to, I feel like our stories about our moms are kind of similar in the way that they're these small things that happen that kind of shed this light of, of bad girl on them. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, my mom is, is just the sweetest woman ever. And there were a couple of times though in her life where she um, had a couple of run-ins with uh, the dangerous side of life. It started when she was in 11th grade. She um, was going out with a young boy and she's was such a harlot, I guess, that she couldn't remember if it was Raymond or Sammy that she was going out with, but they, <laughs> they ended up at a legitimate lover's lane. And I asked her, I said, mom, is that actually what you called it? Or is that just, you know, what you're coining it? And she was like, oh no, that's what it was known as. And I was like, geez, Louise, we are getting right back into 1960s. So she and this gentleman, gentleman, boy, 11th grader, were at Lover's Lane. I guess necking would be what you do there. I don't I don't think I've ever necked. I don't I'm sure we have. Maybe I just don't know exactly how to. So I think it's just like kissing and kissing on each other's necks and mouth. I don't know. I'll, I'll Google it. That's fine. But she had been coming in after her curfew several times. Her dad was sick and tired of it. So her father, Dante, had some friends at the police station. And so he had the police officers track her down at Lover's Lane and arrested both her and Raymond or Sammy or Timmy or whatever his name was, and took them to the jailhouse and booked them and kept them in a cell for a few hours to teach her a lesson about not staying out past curfew. And she said after that, nobody would ever date her again. Oh my God. I can relate to that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my dad put the fear in some people at some point. So that's her one, her first run-in with the law. Oh my gosh. Well, I guess the other ones weren't so much a run-in with the law of her just kind of stepping on the dangerous side. So my mom was dating a gentleman. And after she told me this, I said, he must have been very handsome. And she said, yes, he was. So my mom is a very straight-laced kind of gal. She does enjoy wine. She enjoys cocktails and tequila. And one of her favorite things is that first beer you drink after you've been doing yard work all day. But she started dating a guy who was into drugs pretty heavily. I don't know if he sold them, but she had never done any drug before. And he, I think, was partially so excited to date her beside the fact she was beautiful and funny and sweet and had a beautiful smile. But she was this drug virgin, I think. And she, after this experience, remained, she she went back to being a drug virgin. She, she never, ever did anything again besides have cocktails. But, and I did get her permission 
to sell, to tell this story, just so you know. Okay. So, okay. So she's dating this guy and he, you know, gets her to smoke marijuana. And after she smoked it a little while later, she just had to have a Milky Way. And she just kept saying, give me, I need a Milky Way. And he just thought that was the cutest thing, you know, that he was watching this <laughs> discovery happen. That is pretty cute. It is pretty cute. <laughs> and they had Milky Ways back then. Who knew? So then I guess the next the next step, the next thing she remembered was they were at a party at his house and she started feeling very, very off. She just started feeling very weird. And so she went to the bathroom to try and calm herself down. And she sat on the toilet when she was just like breathing and, and taking everything in. And all of a sudden there was an elephant in the bathroom with her. <laughs> And it's so funny because not knowing much about, you know, psychedelics or drugs or anything, my mom saw an elephant. And some of the other times people have tripped, they they talk about seeing pink elephants or elephants. So there was an elephant in the bathroom with her and she was like, I wasn't mad at him. I didn't <laughs> mind him being there. I just needed him to leave because I needed to go to the bathroom. And she just <laughs> describes oh like her pushing on this big gooey elephant just saying, get out of here. Come on. <laughs> and she had been slipped PCP, which is angel dust, which is like uh, no joke. Yeah. Um, and as she's telling me this, I wanted to tell the story. And she's like, I don't know, Camille. I don't know. I don't want to get arrested. And I said, <laughs> and that tells you again how beautifully pure this woman is she did not want to get arrested for for being unwillingly slipped a drug right right in the late 60s or i'm like i'm sure you're okay mom hopefully they have you know bigger fish to fry than um but her, yeah her words were well camille i mean i guess you can tell it but i don't want to go to jail and i said <laughs> I, I can almost guarantee that you won't go to jail. Although that would be a pretty funny joke to have somebody show up at the house and be like, boom, 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 cop knock. Dun, 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 Miss Loman. <laughs> You've been, you're being arrested from a podcast. <laughs> but so those are her two, her two little um, dipping her toes in the wild waters. Yeah. But underneath all of this, I think is, is kind of the idea that our moms are a lot stronger than we think they are a lot of times. And the last little tidbit, um, which is a story I think about a lot, is we always, you know, when we're younger, ask how our parents met and, you know, what was their love story. And my mom and dad, they'd been living together for a while and they were out. My mom was helplessly in love with him from the moment she met him. Helplessly, hopelessly, helplessly, whatever you want to call it. And um, they were out to dinner one night and she proposed to him. Oh. And he said no, I have no intentions of marrying you. And she started bawling, crying. And she went outside to the car. And when my mom cries, her whole face gets like a red little tomato. Oh, right. I know it's heartbreaking. And these two little old ladies followed her out from the restaurant and were like, what are you doing to her young man? And were getting mad at my dad thinking he had done something, which I mean, he kind of had, but also he was just being honest. So what are you going to do? But um, she said that she cried for two days straight. She didn't go into work for two days. And then two weeks later, they were sitting down and he said, well, am I going to have to move out, Diane? And she said, no, but I just see that we want different things now. 
And then he said, you know, I've been thinking a lot and I think I like you enough to marry you. Let's get married. And I was like, mom, what did you say to that? And she was like, well, I jumped on it. (laughs) She was still so, and now they've been married 46 years. Yeah. And I've been lucky enough to witness, you know, no relationships perfect, obviously, but I've seen how my parents have handled tragedy and loss and very difficult times and the way that they've, they've kind of cared for each other. And I've seen the way my mom has been able to be a very good executive and a very good wife and a very good mother all at the same time. So yeah, those are my, my little stories about, about my mom and she got that man in the end, didn't she? She sure did. Although I'm a little mad at your dad. Tell me about it. That I, I always tell yeah. him, dad, this is, this must be why I've been picking jerks all this time because it's all your fault. Basically I am internet dating because of you, dad. No, I don't mean that. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine my sweet mom? Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I would have cried for two days too. Like, especially if I was living with someone and thought it was headed in that direction. And then put, to put yourself out there like that and, and propose. Oh, no, I know. I know. Cut to, you know, how many ever other years later, my dad has kept every single note m- my mom has ever written him, every letter, and actually joined a, a scrapbooking class that he would go to after work <laughs> with a bunch of women. He could have gone with my mom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, and Inman and Aloman. That's right. Yeah. And the women would just sit around and, and they'd talk and help him scrapbook. Well, he's redeemed himself a million times over, I'm sure. A million times over. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are you ready to confess some things? Yes, I am. So mine is kind of a, a mild confession, but I want to talk about what happens when I go to bed. Oh, please tell. When I get in bed, I turn the lights down and I'm in my very silky sheets and I put on my right wrist brace and then I put on my left wrist brace (laughs) and then I gently open my mouth and I put in my bottom night guard. Ooh. And then I lock in the top night guard and then I get ready for the hardest sleep you can imagine. That's my confession. So <laughs> That's my confession is that there's so much sexiness when I go to sleep that most people can't handle it. Like men go running from my bedroom. They scream first and then they run. And it's so weird. And then I realized it's just that they can't take how sexy I am. And I just thought that everyone should should know that. Well, now now we all do. So my confession today is a confession for my mom, and (sighs) I know I'm a little nervous. Teresa, are you sitting down? Yeah, mom, sit down. When I was in high school once, you came to pick me up from Camille's house for a babysitting job, and I had forgotten about it. And you knocked on the door, and we didn't answer the door when you knocked. And I told you it was because the music was too loud, and we didn't hear you. But the truth is that we were at a boy's house riding four-wheelers after school, and I knew you wouldn't let me go. So I went and I lied about it, and I knew you didn't believe me, but I stuck to my lie, 
and I gaslit you for years and I'm sorry I lied and I rode a dangerous four-wheeler with boys. I had no part of this deception, Miss Inman. Just so you know, I am also being confessed to right away right now. I did not have any part of this lie and I refused to go down with her. So if you ground her, I am. Don't tell my mom because I didn't do it. Yeah, Camille is not at fault here. She probably told her mom exactly what she was doing and didn't lie about it. Are you are you okay? Are you okay, Shannon? Because you seem a little nervous about this confession. I I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> I mean, I'm okay. I just like feel like a shitty teenager all of a sudden, and I'm not. We're going to wrap up with another listener review. These reviews and the personal messages we're getting on social media really mean the world to us. So we really appreciate them. This week's goes as follows. Small town goes big. Oh my gosh. Love these girls from my hometown. All grown up and living their best lives. Plus moments of small town pride. Keep up the memories and smiles. Love and luck from an old friend and neighbor from Clinton. That's it for today's show. We're going to post some good mom pics on social this week. So make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. The links are in our show notes. Until next time, keep those stories coming.